Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of the Raise the Apple podcast. We have a lot to talk about, so let's dive right into it, starting with our New York Mets, the best team in Major League Baseball through the first 20 games of the year at 14-6. and six. They've won their first six series to start the year for the first time in franchise history. They just took two out of three against the Cardinals today. They are off tomorrow. Tomorrow's NFL Draft Day, and then the day after they start, I think it's a 13? 13 or 19 game, one of the two. 13 or 19 game stretch where they play AL East teams. They got the Phillies, and then they got the Braves, and I think the Marlins are thrown in there too. So a lot of divisional matchups that the Mets could take advantage of, give themselves a little bit more cushion. They currently have a four-game lead over the Marlins, who are sitting at 8-8 eight eight right now at the time of this. Obviously, the night games are getting underway. The Mets played an afternoon game today. This Cardinals series. So the middle game yesterday was whatever. Mets took care of business. Chris Bassett is awesome. The first game of the series... The Mets' offense looked dead. We had a classic pitchers duel between Miles Michaelis and Max Scherzer the entire way. Cardinals are up, was it 2-0, going into the ninth. Then Jeff McNeil with the RBI hit, and then you got Jankowski on third and McNeil on second. The craziest thing, prop one of the craziest things I've seen, the Mets have down to their final strike. Dom Smith comes up. Hits a little dinker over to first. A beautiful play by Goldschmidt. But Giovanni Gallegos, the Cardinals closer, was just too slow to get to the bag. Dom beats it out. Both runs score. Mets take the lead. Then Nimmo comes up and hits a two-run homer. Mets put up five runs in the top of the ninth when they were down to their final strike. I think when you look at that game at how awesome that finish was, I was going crazy watching it. But the the biggest part that's going to be so overlooked about that game was Mark Hanna's at-bat. Mark Hanna dragged out that at-bat beautifully, and I can't remember for the life of me if it was a hit or a walk. I'm pretty sure it was a hit. Man, I can't remember if it was a hit or a walk, but Hanna gets on base. A, I believe it was a hit, a beautiful at-bat for Mark Hanna. Yes, it was a hit, because that's when Jankowski came into pinch run. A beautiful at-bat by Hanna. Dragged it out, and then Dom comes up, gives the Mets the lead, Nimmo with the go-ahead homer. And then yesterday... Chris Bassett shoved. Mets took care of business. And then today, more more hit-by-pitches today. So 20 games into the year, the Mets have now hit after today's game. They've been hit 19 times this year already. You had Pete get hit in the head yesterday. It's just been a disaster in the hit-by-pitch department for the Mets. And rightfully so, to be upset. I made a TikTok about this. I know none of these are intentional. I know the Cardinals were not intentionally hitting the Mets. But the Mets have been hit so much that I really can't blame them for being upset. So today, J.D. Davis gets hit in the foot. It's his birthday. Great. Happy birthday. You're going to have a nice bruised ankle tomorrow morning. But then, so besides the fact that Carrasco did not do so well today, he got kind of shelled today, I got to... There's his, um, he's new to the Mets. I'm still learning some of these new guys that they've brought up in the bullpen. Yoan Lopez. So Yoan Lopez comes in after J.D. Davis gets hit in the ankle. Lopez throws up and into Arenado. Now, I am no, I think it's a coward move to throw at guys on purpose. Same, and if you're throwing it on purpose and going in the head area to send your message, 
I'm not really a fan of that. However, you knowing baseball, that's how baseball is. You had to see this coming. You had to know that they were going to throw in or hit the first Cardinals batter in the next half inning. And sure enough, Yoan Lopez throws up and into Arenado. Arenado, who has a history of being in the middle of this stuff because guys like to throw at him, i.e. Luis Perdomo with the Padres back in, what was that, 2018? When Arenado just went full throttle, charged at him. And then today you have Arenado chirping at him, saying, let's go, let's go. And then he starts walking towards Lopez. Lopez starts walking towards him. Nito tries keeping them separated. Nito somehow ends up shoved on the ground, and then the bench is clear, and there's tussling, and then there's Pete Alonso getting thrown to the ground by one of the Cardinals coaches. It's a... It was a mess. It was a mess. It was the second time the benches have cleared at Mets games this year because of hit-by-pitches, batters getting hit-by-pitch. But, I again, I understand that none of these are intentional, but if you're the Mets... How, when do you reach that point where you're like, come on, if you don't, if you are going to be a big league pitcher, you got to know where your pitches are going. You got to know where you're throwing the ball to. So having all that happen, and twenty over twice the league average, the Mets have gone to the league office and they're like, guys, what the why? Why are we getting hit so much? Like, is it the baseballs? Is it these pitchers don't know how to throw? The Mets have been hit 19 times. It is twice the league average to start the year. We're only 20 games in. It seems like they're on pace to break some sort of record the way things are going. They keep getting hit over and over again. But having the benches cleared today, this one got a little more physical than the one in D.C. The one in D.C. was more of just yelling back and forth at each other. This one got physical, and hopefully it doesn't stem much from there. But I know I'm sick of seeing guys get hit. I know they're not on purpose, but when you got Pete and Lindor getting hit in the face and then Pete getting hit in the head and guys getting hit in ankles and other parts and next thing you know, you're going to have guys getting hit in the elbow or you're getting concussions because they're getting hit in the head and then you got all the, all these potential injury issues that are going on. It's a giant mess. I don't really know if Major League Baseball can do anything about it, but having all these hit by pitches is if you're the Mets like they rightfully so had the right to be upset with every single bit with how often they've been hit this no one likes getting hit it hurts <laughs> I played baseball too I've been hit by pitches before too it hurts I grant it you know it's um middle school but still when you get hit if you get hit in the right spot no matter how hard someone's throwing it hurts so I can understand fully why the Mets are upset by this and I've don't anticipate like a major league baseball like stepping in and doing something about it but i do anticipate that if the mets continue to get hit they're going to get more angry and more angry and it's going to lead to more and more problems but on the positive note besides all that two out of three against the cardinals 14 and six to start the year through the first 20 games they've never won the first six series ever in their franchise history this team looks really good it's still that bullpen. This bullpen's been a little shaky, but overall, the offense has been great to start the year. The They're not relying on the home run ball. They're actually stringing hits together and making stuff happen. They're making stuff happen with two outs, with runners in scoring position. They're doing so much better. The starting rotation's been great. I know Cookie got kind of shelled today, but you can't expect every single Mets starter to be great every single time they go out there. They're, everyone's going to have at least one where they get touched up a little bit. You know, Bassett and Scherzer, they're going to be great all year. They're going to be the head guys in that rotation until Jake comes back. But, you know, Bassett, he's had three amazing starts in a row. 
but as the year goes on, it's just bound. To, it's just baseball. He he might have one where he gets kind of torched like Cookie did today. You know it happens. But I hope that doesn't happen. But it you, you hope it doesn't happen. But you kind of expect it. Like if Cookie pitches like today the entire rest of the year, then yeah, that's a problem. But if he has a hiccup here, then he pitches great again, and maybe he has another hiccup in August. Like I think Mets fans will take that ten times out of ten, comparatively to getting what they've previ- what we've previously previously have gotten. But there is a lot going on around Major League Baseball right now. So first of all, Angel Hernandez is the worst umpire ever. He botched more calls again. 77% accuracy on strikes and balls on Sunday night baseball with the Phillies and who are they playing? I think it was the Brewers, I want to say. I think it was Phillies Brewers, but it was the Phillies Sunday night game. Botches a call in the ninth. Schwarber just had enough. Throws the bat down. Throws his helmet down. Just starts screaming at Angel Hernandez. It's Angel Hernandez will be the reason that the automated strike zone comes into Major League Baseball. That's why I think Angel Hernandez needs to not be allowed behind home plate ever again. But maybe there's more to it. Maybe there is more to it. I've seen videos where Angel Hernandez is very fan friendly. He's the fans like love talking. He loves talking to the fans, giving them balls after games, or giving them high fives, whatever the kids high fives. But Angel Hernandez, all I could say, I I'm not gonna sit here and say I could do better. But Angel Hernandez is a god awful Major League Baseball umpire. How can you be a Major League Baseball umpire when you are only getting 77% of the strikes and balls? correct now I understand that there might be one or two or maybe a couple throughout a game that you miss or that are really close but that 77% pretty much one out of every four pitches you are calling wrong that's insane to think about that that that's just seems like a horrible a horrible number but I guess there's a reason he's a major league baseball umpire and we're not but he is oh man I can't even describe Angel Hernandez. I can't even describe the the New York Yankees either. So, New York Yankees, there was this whole big thing that the Yankees were sign-stealing along with the Red Sox and the Astros in 2017, and then there's this sealed document that had that was said to have defamating it would defamate people's characters and it was a horrible thing to have unsealed. The Yankees were trying to keep it from being unsealed about the Yankees cheating in 2017, which would have caused an issue considering the Astros cheating in 2017. You have Aaron Judge giving crap to Jose Altuve and the Astros for cheating when, like, the hypocrisy of Aaron Judge and the Yankees getting busted for cheating. Now, every team, I'm sure, has cheated to some extent. Some more, no more, no one near the what the Astros did. But teams cheat. They use technology. You had the Red Sox with the Apple Watches, and then the Yankees. So I'm just going to read Jeff Passant's tweet here. The infamous Yankees letter is pretty much a nothing burger. It says the Yankees used their replay room to decode catcher signs and relay them to runners on second, which multiple teams were doing. Does not find that they were eliciting using center field cameras. The upshot, the Yankees and Red Sox were illegally using the replay room to steal signs, but neither scheme was anything close to what the Astros were doing with trash cans. <clears throat> Other teams are very likely doing similar things to the Yankees in Boston. That element spanned the game. So, we're sitting here talking about 
oh, this is huge. What's going to go on with the Yankees? And it turns out it was nothing. Well, it not nothing, but it wasn't to the extent that everyone thought it was going to be that the media was hyping it up to be. You know, it's... The Yankees are the Yankees. Teams have cheated to steal signs. I've said before on here that I hate that teams have the iPads in the dugout. I think these pitchcom things are just flat out stupid. I think that there needs to be more to address sign stealing. Obviously, you can't prevent it 100%, but you the techno- using the technology part of it with sign stealing has got to be better from baseball, from teams. They have to clean that up because you're ruining the integrity of the game by doing that, and it's going to drive... It might. It, it's a double-edged sword. It could make baseball like a hot topic, like the Astros made baseball the topic around the sports world for at least a month. But at the same time, you're going to drive fans away and piss off a lot of people. So I really don't think that. I really do think Major League Baseball is going to have to step in. At least from like, if you have players on the field picking off signs, there's only so much you can do about that. But with the signs dealing with technology, you have to. They have to address that. They have to somehow find a way to get that stuff to figure it out. I know they're trying with the pitch comps, but the pitch comps, in my opinion, are stupid. I think they are useless. But, you know, we're going to have to just wait it out and see what Commissioner Manfred tries to do, which segues into whatever Manfred is going to do with Trevor Bauer. Administrative, administrative leave was extended again until Friday. He's now suing the woman that accused him for defamation. Major League Baseball, make up a decision at this point. Marcelo, You had Marcelo Zuna figured out. He suspended him. He served his suspension, and now he's back. You still haven't figured out Trevor Bauer. All I'm going to say anymore on this until something else happens with it, Major League Baseball knows exactly what they're doing. Rob Manfred, I think, knows exactly why he's keeping Trevor Bauer out of baseball. And it has nothing to do with this these allegations. That was that's just that's just my opinion. I might be in the minority opinion on that, but Trevor Bauer needs to be back in baseball, especially since the legal side or at least Major League Baseball needs to come to a decision if they're going to suspend the guy or not. Because this is just ridiculous at this point. And then other news before we'll we'll do a monthly I want to do like a monthly standings update, maybe who are some surprises, who's underperforming, things like that. But before that, our good buddy Michael Conforto will not be back in baseball until 2023. He had shoulder surgery, according to his agent Scott Boris, and he will be out for the entire year, and he will be ready to go for spring training in 2023. Kind of sucks, but I can get I have I have no doubt that Michael Conforto will be a very very sought-after piece to a team, a competing team, come the offseason. Or even now, if someone's going to say, hey, we want you locked up, ready to go for spring training, and then they go they go get someone. But we're going to wrap up this week's episode with, there's a lot, to, lot we covered today, but we're going to wrap up this week's episode with a standings update, or our weekly standing, or weekly. We're going to do monthly standings updates. So looking at the American League. The AL East is kind of as we expected. Blue Jays at the top with the Yankees right on them. The AL Central. The Twins have a two-game lead over the White Sox. The White Sox have just been god-awful the past week or so. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10, 7-10 overall. 
tied with the Guardians for second. The Twins are 9-8 and eight to start the year. A rough start for the White Sox. I think when they get Lance Lynn back, I think that'll help. They did lose Eloy Jimenez for a while. So injuries are going to be the death of this team. But I, I don't have any doubt that the White Sox will be able to get things going as the year goes on. The AL West is going to shape out to be one of the more interesting divisions in baseball. For Texas is only five games out this early in the year, but realistically, you have the Seattle Mariners with a half-game lead over the Angels, and then the Oakland A's two and a half back at nine and nine, and then the Astros three games back at eight and nine. The Astros are going to heat up. They're too good of a team to stay there for long. Oakland, I think, is a huge surprise here. I don't think people were anticipating. I, I kind, we kind of had to figure that Oakland was going to get off to the start that, excuse me, or perform to their competitive level despite selling everyone off just because that's how the Oakland A's work for some reason. But I'm really excited to see the Mariners and Angels duke it out. I really hope they stick around in the race, especially the Angels to get Mike Trout back in the playoffs, the Mariners because they have the longest playoff drought in sports right now. It will just be a lot of fun to get new team, see different teams in the playoffs. But the AL West could very easily be a division where we see three teams come out of it, especially with the extra wild card. Now when we shift over to the National League, the Braves of Phillies off to a little bit of a slow start, but with the Braves, that happened last year too. We all know what happened with that. Mets have their four-game lead. As we mentioned, the Central is pretty much what we thought. The Brewers have a half-game lead over the Cardinals at 11-7. and The Pirates are <clears throat> sticking in there. They're in third right now ahead of the Cubs and of the Reds. The Reds just got over a, I think it was an 11-game losing streak. The Reds, oh man, they're, maybe we'll talk about that next week. The Reds are in a horrible spot right now. And then the NL West, we got the Giants and Dodgers duking it out. Padres hot on their tail. Rockies have been off to a great start, 10-7 and to start the year. <clears throat> Excuse me. So both Western divisions are shaping up to be very exciting going into the summer. It'll be It'll be pretty telling. We'll look at the standings again at the end of May and see where teams are. That's when everyone starts settling in. And then, well, it's... I anticipate some changes, but not too many changes. I think right now, some teams are off to great starts and will con contain that going forward. Others, eh, maybe not so much. But we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to see how that goes. So to wrap up this week's episode, we have this day in baseball history. Hank Aaron becomes the third member of the 600 Home Run Club. 600 Home Run Club. When I look at this list, we got Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, of course, Babe Ruth, A-Rod, and Pujols, and Willie Mays. That's it. That's an exclusive club to be a part of, 600 Home Runs. I wonder who... Let's see on Baseball Reference, MLB Active Home Run Leaders. Who's the next closest <clears throat> to the 600 Home Run Club? Pujols is already there. Miggy's at 502. Nelson Cruz is at 451. Stanton's at 349. Robinson Cano's at 335. So, I don't think that... Uh, Nelson Cruz is going to get there. Stanton and Cano is not going to get there. Stanton, maybe, if he could stay healthy, but I'm not so sure about that. Miggy, it depends how much longer he wants to play. He's at 502. 
Um, you can count on probably at least 20 more this year. So he might not just... He might. He could be. He's the next realistic, I think, of this group. You don't have Mike Trout's at number 9 with 315. So Trout definitely can get to that point. But I think Trout will definitely be the 600 home run club. But I think realistically, he's 39 years old. Miguel Cabrera, maybe? Oh, Stanton's only 32. Stanton might get a lot, a lot closer than I think. But I think Miguel Cabrera, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. I want him to, but we're going to have to wait and see on that one. But that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Raise the Apple. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you check us out on Twitter, on TikTok. Subscribe on YouTube and app or wherever you're listening from on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you're listening on. Reach out to us on Twitter with any questions. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. We are closing in on that 100th episode. We will see you guys next Wednesday. The Mets are off tomorrow before they start an NLE showdown for the next week and a half or so. A lot to be excited about. Let's go Mets. Bang, bang, won't stop till we're legend.